I'm Steve Muddyman, and this is Risky Business, a show from GAN Integrity covering the wide range of issues in compliance and ethics, but with one goal in mind, empowering your people to do the right thing. After many powerful conversations with inspiring leaders, we're wrapping up season two of Risky Business. To celebrate, we're going to revisit key moments from our conversations, pausing to reflect on some of the insights our guests shared. I think the thing I learned from season two as we went through speaking to a number of guests in very, very different sectors was a consistent approach or view that everyone should be participating in being part of an ethics and compliance strategy across the company. I think it's become very clear based on discussions we had with Elena at McDonald's, with Barbara uh, at Infront, Jane Broberg at Basware. They all talked about culture and they talked about the framework of why culture is so important to be able to uphold the highest standards of ethical behavior. And that came across consistently throughout all of the conversations that we had. Let's dive in, starting with Barbara Lustenberger, Head of Group Compliance at Infront Sports. Barbara kicked off our season by sharing how she and her team manage compliance and reputational risk. I think like reputational risk is probably the biggest risk or one of the main risks on our risk matrix because the problem nowadays is that your reputation can even be damaged even if it didn't do anything wrong because the media has picked up the story or someone distributes a story that's probably not true or not fully proven. So we try to be very proactive and elaborate on, on these potential issues that might be seen in public differently than the actual facts are. And I would say as for a like service provider company as we are having a lot of competitors and, and the market is very tight or, or difficult to have or to maintain a good reputation is essential to be successful. We learned how to effectively present compliance to employees with Jane Broberg, Chief Human Resources Officer at Basware. Jane emphasized the importance of communicating the why behind compliance rather than issuing top-down mandates. At the end of it, they're told if they don't get 100%, then they'll have their email cut off or something along those lines. So it's a very strict approach to it and people don't fully understand. And then they feel they are just being dictated to as an employee and they don't really understand why they're doing it. And they feel afraid of failing and they know that the the outcome is there quite severe and will disable them from being able to do their job. So for me, that would be the role model of how not to do it. How to do it is to to position, why do we need to be compliant with a particular topic? What is the topic? Why do we need to be compliant? What is the value that it brings by being compliant? What is the, the risk of it brings if we're not compliant? And then making it straightforward and simple and easy for people to attain and encouraging people to do it and making them feel that they've done something that's valuable and good for the organization and for themselves by completing it. Developing a speak-up culture starts with setting the tone at the highest levels. Elena Kasharina, Compliance Director at McDonald's, shared how her team does this effectively. The tone from the top is uh, the key element of any compliance system. And it's, it's very clear that we have all the support from um, 
senior management of, or, of our organization to move compliance initiatives forward and to enable different parts of our business to be aligned uh, on how we do business um, and to align on integrity value that we have as a core value of our organization. And the conversation is ongoing. Justin Ross, Staff Vice President and Chief Compliance Officer at FedEx Corporation, agreed tone at the top is critical to compliance success. He shared why you need to build an ethical culture as a foundation for all other compliance efforts. I think you can have the best compliance program in the world with controls and bells and whistles and platforms and dashboards, but it's not going to work if you don't have an ethical culture. It's really not. You've got to have that foundation of an ethical culture. And to me, speak up and tone at the top, to me, are non-negotiable. I think those are the foundational elements of an ethical culture that you can build a compliance program. Employees have to be comfortable speaking up, bringing concerns. They have to be comfortable doing it. And then they have to have a sense that when they do it, that the company will listen to them and do something about it. That's foundational. Gillian Paul, Global Integrity Director at Danon, knows compliance must be integrated in the way you do business. In our conversation, she shared how this integration helps earn your employees buy-in to compliance programs. I'm a really big believer that compliance has to be part of the business. It can't sit to the side. It can't sit as an afterthought. It has to be fully embedded in the overall business processes. It has to just be the way we do business. And I think as compliance professionals, if we can crack that, if we can build solutions, um, educate people and inform and communicate people along that kind of line, you get their buy-in. And in a culture like the non, where we're selling food, we're selling either dairy products. So these are really essential food items. Um, we're selling medical nutrition, for example. It then speaks, I think, to the people and the teams that we have worldwide about actually compliance is just about how we do business. It's about ensuring sustainability of what it is we are doing. And that gives us as a compliance team just a, a fantastic platform to work from. Compliance is ultimately about taking care of people. Catherine Rosano, Head of Global Compliance at TikTok, shared the importance of putting people first as a compliance leader. I actually read a quote from Colin Powell the other day, and the quote is, leadership is all about people. It is not about organizations. It is not about plans. It is not about strategies. It is all about people motivating people to get the job done. You have to be people-centered. But the reason why I found this quote was because we just came off of a legal leadership offsite where the theme of the entire three days was people first. And we did very little substantive kind of legal work discussions, right? There was no presentation about IP or the FCC or the FCPA. It was all about taking care of our people investing in our people, serving our people, leading our people. For me, that's a rocket ship I want to be on, a rocket ship that is focused around people. The app is focused around people. The app is focused around community. That is cool. That's the mission. We need the support of other leaders in order to succeed. This is especially true in accepting compliance organization-wide. Anders Vashov, 
Chief Compliance Officer at Seadrill, shared how champions can influence compliance adoption and create positive change. Nothing is as valuable as someone from the business speaking about why compliance is important. Someone in operations saying, this is important because I experienced this. Or people having been in the car when it's been stopped at a checkpoint and someone tries to get the money. That's really where you get a lot of the value because those people are, they become automatically a champion because they then suddenly understand the issue. They've seen the issue. They can describe the issue and they will talk to their peers about them. Risk management requires structure, yet it also requires flexibility to effectively serve every part of your organization. Melanie Lucht, Associate VP and Chief Risk Officer at Carnegie Mellon University, shared how her compliance team has earned their organization's respect and even developed risk champions who support the program. We recognize that our colleagues have other jobs and other responsibilities and business continuity might not be at the forefront. And in recognizing that, how do we build flexibility into the program that will ensure that we're able to accomplish our goals little by little, but that by showing that level of flexibility and patience, but yet diplomatic persistence, our colleagues have gains just an appreciation for what we do. And while it takes time, eventually we get to a point where we've got risk champions is what we call them. They understand our mission. They appreciate what we're trying to do and that we're doing it together with them and not just handing them something to do that they might not totally appreciate. But when we do it together and when we work through building and exercising plans collaboratively, It really does forge stronger relationships, which when situations occur, such as COVID or other disruptions, that partnership really is very beneficial because you borrow one another and you trust one another. Deborah Spanik, Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer at Clarios, wrapped up our season by sharing how she defines compliance effectiveness. For me, at a very broad level. Effectiveness is that the employees who want to do the right thing know what the right thing is and how to do it. You're always going to have an individual who's gaming the system, who's doing something, who's sort of wired, right, to misconduct. I'm not worried about those individuals, right? We'll catch them with controls or with reports or things like that. But for the employees that want to do the right thing, making sure that they know what the right thing is to do, and they have the support and ability and know how to do it. That's effectiveness to me. Empowering our people to do the right thing. That's what it's all about. I think when you consider how would you empower people to do the right thing, everybody has a different view of what the right thing is. I think it's this combination of providing just enough process, skilling the organization, actively and consistently communicating what good looks like, being very clear about the values that the business stands for, the brand stands for, and what your colleagues stand for. And I think as you consistently reinforce the idea that upholding the highest ethics standards within what you do in your everyday work, the way you engage with those within your work environment, 
and importantly with those others that are outside of the business because they ultimately are also an extension of your brand too. So I think this idea of being able to ensure that everybody that engages with your business, whether they are employees, whether they are contractors, or whether they are third parties, I think is a really important set of communication skills that need to be put in place with consistency. I think getting the organization to buy into the notion of what the standards are that the business has set for what doing the right thing means is a really important process that needs to be not only the role of the head of compliance and ethics, but it's the role of every employee within the organization and absolutely has to be supported and reinforced by the leadership within the organization too. And with that, season two has come to a close. We're thankful for the incredible leaders who joined us to demystify the word compliance and share how they bring it to life within their organizations. Until next season, thank you for listening to Risky Business. For more insights and resources, check out the show notes or go to ganintegrity.com and be sure to follow along wherever you get your audio and to be first to know about our next season.